So I thought, you know, I want to resurrect my mentorship practice and I want to work with high performing women who are either leaders in their businesses or leaders in the corporate world who are going through significant life transition or or who want to reinvent themselves and create a whole new life for themselves. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Audacious Link Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping you live your best audacious life ever. It's always a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate all our listeners and viewers who've taken the time to tune in and check out the podcast. Um, you know, while I'm not a huge big-time chess player, I can tell you that your life can be like a challenging game of chess. You know, it requires strategic moves, courage, and the willingness to take risks to achieve that victory that we're after. Just like in the game of chess, living an audacious life involves making those same type of bold decisions, uh, stepping out of your comfort zone, embracing the unknown with courage and determination. In today's episode, we have the privilege of sitting down with Sophie Delorier. She's a transformational mentor who helps high-achieving women reinvent themselves and create their dream lives. Sophie's journey of overcoming adversity, including divorce, cancer diagnosis, and pregnancy challenges exemplifies the audacious spirit of resilience and courage that we aim to inspire our listeners. So with that being said... Enjoy the conversation with Sophie. Hey, Sophie, thank you for joining me today here on the Audacious Living Podcast. It's a pleasure and thank you for making the time like this. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, no, it's great. I I, I take such pleasure in, in engaging in conversations such as this where, you know, re- really it's about, you know, encouraging people to, to, to live, you know, their best audacious lives ever, essentially. And, you know, uh, I think that uh, uh, that that pathway that each of us take to get there is unique. It's to our own, but still um, it's one that, you know, I feel we all should take. And, uh, you know, what, one of the things that uh, is, is very clear, and I don't, shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone, that life is full of adversities and there's challenges mm-hmm. and there's things that come along our way. And just we thought, think sometimes we think we've got it all figured out. Something else happens, and we've got to pivot and change and do all sorts of different things. But I think you know th- th- those are sort of the processes of life. And um, I, I I truly feel that I really believe that when we're, we 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 come up against adversity, uh, that we're going in the right direction because we're going we're we're getting that resistance. It's easy to say after the fact, but in the moment, it's it's tough. It's tough, right? And I get that too, so I honor that. Um, so maybe as a starting point, since we've gone, I've kind of given a little preface about adversity and maybe you can, right. give, you a little, you can give a little insight into our listeners about so your journey and, and the work that you do today. Sure. So my journey started off in humble beginnings. My parents divorced when I was two. So I was raised by a single mom, a younger brother. Um, I always wanted to be a lawyer when I was young. You know, my parents were divorced. I wanted to be a divorce lawyer. I thought, you know, I'm going to be this woman who helps other women, you know, get through that whole process. I'm 47 now. So maybe when I was like seven, eight or nine, you know, so 40 years ago, um, that wasn't necessarily a very popular profession for women. And then, you know, I watched this movie called Pretty Woman and I saw Richard Gere and I saw him buy businesses and take them apart. And there was a part of me that just thought that was exciting and I wanted to do that and then I wanted to when I got to university I wanted to 
um, green big businesses. I did environmental studies in university and I thought, oh, I'm going to be, you know, the type of lawyer that goes and helps businesses be more green and have an environmental impact and then I realized how much university costs and I realized how much law school costs and how much more time that was and so that quickly didn't look so attractive to me anymore and I started selling uh, and I happened to be a natural born salesperson I was a very good listener I asked a lot of questions I'm naturally curious but what I could do really well is ask for the sale and what I recognized many years later is that the reason salespeople don't necessarily do well is because people are afraid to go for the close. That was not mm. my issue. I had thought if I've done already all this work and all these questions, I've presented you a solution. I want to know if you want to buy or not, you know, like that was just the thing. And so I was, that was like one of my most exciting parts of the sales process was actually going in and asking for the sales. So right. I discovered that I had this great skill. I, um, ended up taking coaching courses and then I ended up marrying sales and coaching together. So I went and traveled to North America and worked the sales division of very large organizations like Bell, BMO, TD, CIBC, like that. And I worked with the sales leaders and I trained them how to be more coach-like in their interactions so that they could encourage and develop their teams and get their teams to align to the strategic vision. And I worked mm-hmm. with the actual sales team and I helped them with questioning and listening, presenting negotiation skills and the actual sales process. So I did that for quite a while. Well, so, a it sounds like you're, you're right in your lane at this point, right? I was right in my lane at that point. You know, it was like a nice fit for me. I was able to do a little coaching. Yeah. The difference was, is my passion really is human performance and working in large organizations like that, although it was a kind of a sexy job, there was like, right you know, fancy dinners, nice restaurants, put on a suit, like that kind of ordeal, get flown places. Um, The organizations, to be honest with you, are more interested in ROI than they were in human potential. And although human potential, human performance brings ROI, they didn't want to really be in the belly of the development of people. They just wanted their results. Mm -hmm. Um, I was often one of maybe two women in the room. I was about 10 years junior to the executive men in the room. And so there was just a bit of an energetic rub for me. Okay. You know, I was like, felt like I was running with Olympians and not really an Olympian, like men, a type personality, men have a very specifically driven energy, which okay. is great. Okay. I worked a lot with it. It just, I found it to be depleting. And so I had a contract that ended around 37 and I ended up not going back into that world because I did just find it to be a little bit too masculine energy. I mean, we all have masculine energy, but I just found it to be too, too a type like personality. So I started to think about what I was going to do next. And in that time frame, I started to look at my personal life and Mm -hmm. I was married about 18 years. My ex-husband and I decided to consciously uncouple um, after 18 years. During that time frame, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I um, was about 42 years old at this point in time, and I had repartnered. And I had one role in life that I hadn't played yet that was a suppressed desire that I really wanted to have the opportunity to experience, and that was to be a mother. The oncologist told me that getting pregnant was a contraindication to the cancer, was a risk for the recurrence of cancer. I had an estrogen-dominant cancer, which meant getting pregnant, my estrogen levels are going to naturally rise. And so we had to have some very serious conversations about what it would be like to be a pregnant woman who also perhaps potentially had cancer. And they advised me against it. I refused treatments to get pregnant. And I was... 
my partner and I were blessed with a baby boy eight months after my lumpectomy. Uh, and then the pandemic hit the month I found out I was pregnant. I conceived the last week of February, pandemic hit here in Toronto, March 17th. I only know that because then I, you know, did my pregnancy test on March 24th because that was my cycle. And like, I have it very distinctly etched in my yes. memory. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a huge memory for you. And the world was ending. You know, yes. I was creating. <laughs> uh, so we went through the pandemic. And, you know, the, the, the silver lining of it all, like the, the, the joy of it all is that my partner was able to take a year off of work because I'm an entrepreneur. I wasn't working at the time. He got to have a full year of paternity leave. We were in the pandemic. There was nothing for us to do other than hang out with our newborn baby. And so for the three of us, we got to create like this wonderful little nest for us. And so good for the Beautiful. baby, so good for the child. Yeah, yeah it was amazing. Um, baby turns 18 months. I'm starting to feel like it's time for me to have a little bit of a break. Baby goes to daycare. I give myself the full summer. And then I start to think, okay, I have extra time now. What am I going to do? And I really just started to think about how I wanted to re-enter the workforce. So, you know, I'm 47 now. This would have been January of this year. So I would have just been 46, turning 47. My birthday is in May. And, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes out there that a woman my age might potentially have a challenging time getting back into the workforce, given the fact that I've been an entrepreneur for 20 right. years. Is, right. right. That, that's also a challenge. Like, how do I go back to a nine to five? So <laughs> I thought, right, like, you know, sure. I hadn't had a boss in a long time. So sure. I thought, you know, I want to resurrect my mentorship practice and I want to work with high performing women who are either leaders in their businesses or leaders in the corporate world who are going through significant life transition or, or who want to reinvent themselves and create a whole new life for themselves. And so I really, you know, refer to myself as a love and money coach because I want women to have their love lives and their romantic relationships really sorted because I feel like a lot of women trade business you know, that's a trade-off that a lot of us women have to do, right? They can't have needs. both, you mean? They can't well, have yeah, it's both. challenging. Yeah, it's a bit challenging. The, comp the needs of the business compete with the needs of the relationship and, like, how do you make that work? And there's, like, just there's intricacies about it. So I have re-emerged as that type of mentor now, and that's the type of work I do. I help women repair the relationship they have with themselves, heal from past heartbreak, transform the relationship that they're in or attract their soulmate love, develop the business skills so that their business starts to thrive more uh, and completely just reinvent every single area of their life so that they get the more that they want out of life. You, you know, Sophie, what, what, what I'm always amazed, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed to hear so many people's stories and, and the challenges that they go through. And it's always, uh, I'm always uh, um, uh, appreciate and enjoy as they recount their story and they say it so matter-of-factly. Oh, I did this, and I went through this challenge, and I overcame this, and I overcame that. And some pretty big things, right? Big things yeah. that would rock a lot of people's worlds, and they and they, and they and they breeze over it so matter-of-factly like it wasn't a big deal. And, I, and that's sort of the impression I got as you were talking, because mm. uh, you, you certainly went through some stuff, and it was like, yeah, I did this, and then I did this, and I did this. But in the moment, I'm sure it, was, it wasn't that easy, was it? <laughs> yeah, no, it was some of the biggest challenges I ever had in my life. The last five years of my life have honestly been some of the most challenging years in my 47 years. And I'm not in the emotional experience of it right now. So I can just like lay out the facts for you. Sure. If, I'm sure, sure if you were to pro, we, we might get me there. It's not that hard to get me there. But yeah, I mean, divorce after 18 years for any human being, regardless if it's a choice on both parties, or not that's a big heartbreak and a grief i mean i'd like to say it like i have three heart three plus one heartbreaks i did it all at once i went through the divorce 
was diagnosed with cancer. That's another massive heartbreak. I mean, and, and the fear, the fear of going oh, from a- That in itself comes with so much other emotions and unknowns, the uncertainties, the doubts. Uh, you know, it's one thing to, you know, it's one thing to go to, through a divorce, you know, the relationship's ending it, you're, and you're grieving from that. You know, you're going to get around, you're going to, you, you know what the outcome is going to be. You've got to move forward, right? Life doesn't end. Right. You right. get a terminal illness potentially or an illness of a serious illness, yeah. right? You're going, you don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I just don't think people really take into account the amount of fear that comes into the human body when you hear that word, because like on the food chain, there's only two things that really get us, right? It's war and disease right. as human beings, right? Like if you think about it, right? Someone else was, you know, and so um, I went through the divorce. I went through cancer. I had to walk away from a very a thriving business that my ex-husband and I had built um, because that's just the way it went in the divorce. So there's like one, two, three. And then the pandemic was a heartbreak for everybody. And so I experienced massive heartbreak. Yeah, It was massive for me. And there wasn't somebody out there to support me and help me navigate that process. I had to put a team together right. because of my coaching background. And I, I, I was okay to do that. And so when I was re-emerging, it's like, you know, I, I I have life nuanced in a completely different way. And there have been time after time after time in the last five years that I've had to look at crisis in the, you know, it's like standing in the eye of the storm and I have to look at this crisis and I have to be so strong mentally to pick out what, okay, so where's, where's the light and how do I align myself yes. to that and only that and then just let the debris fall, you know, and there's like a superpower in that that I've been trained and developed yeah. in the last five years. That like that in and of itself is like the power, personal power and strength that I have now having gone through that with that mindset, um, I feel is something for me to contribute. And now looking back, it's almost like that was part of my process and my purpose so that others can see there is triumph through in crisis. You know, you really yeah. can. Yeah. And I have a beautiful baby boy, less than a 5% chance of getting pregnant. I had a miracle pregnancy at the age of 44, which is like, it's just, that just doesn't happen. We conceived naturally. That just, again, doesn't happen. And I'm 4.5 years cancer-free without doing treatment, which means in the next six months, I will be considered cancer-free outside of my oncologist's care. And now I'm, you know, bringing back my mentorship practice and, during that time, I built a real estate portfolio. So, I mean, like, life life goes on. Like, right. it really does. Wow. You're a walking anomaly, Sophie, which is a wonderful <laughs> thing, right? Because that serves as, a, serves as a beacon to so many others. I will tell you, and I'm sure you, you would agree, but there's, when, you're, when you're going through something difficult or challenging, um, it's so easy to think that no one else on the planet yeah. has any idea what it feels like, what you're going through, what the experiences, or how to get through it. So yeah. then when you see someone that comes go, hey, look, here's what I've done, right? That just changes the entire landscape for you. So I'm really glad that uh, not only are you able to, well, first of all, that you, you, you overcame and you, you show the resilience to get to where you need to get to. So bravo, bravo, bravo for sure. Thank you. Uh, but then as opposed to leaving that with you, you're like, okay, let me let me see how I can help others. Because yeah. now you're, you're by, by sharing, because now when you're empowering, like that's huge. That really, you're, 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 you're the, the, the impact that you're having is just at a whole other level at that point. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. It's, it's wonderful to hear. Yeah. Cause it's really, I'm coming from a place of service now, you yeah. know? Yeah. 
So then, so let's, let's talk about how you got through some of these challenges. You know, you talked earlier about, you know, assembling a team around you, right. And having that kind of support. Um, But the team wasn't always there, right? Like there's times where the team wasn't there, or maybe even before the team got in place, you still had challenges to go through. How did you, what'd you do? Well, I, I have been doing personal development since I was about 23 years old. So I'm now 47. So like, I don't know what's that 47 minus 23, some odd, something like 20 some odd years, 24 years, something like that. So I have a strong foundation for my um, mindset. I have a very strong, and, and my mindset has been very specifically trained to take radical responsibility for my life. So I, I, I am somebody who can get to the source of it and take responsibility of it. I tend to take too much responsibility, which is another thing, but I can take responsibility for it. And then, and then I'm also future focused. So I, I know how to process my emotions, let stuff go, look at the future and, you know, create a narrative for myself. That's empowering. Like for example, divorce could look like failure for a lot of people. And it did for me for a long time. And so I realized it's like, like, can we just talk about that for a second, please? Like, how many people have been married for 18 years first? Right. And okay, right? So that in of itself is a success. Yep. And two, why is it a failure? How come it's not we just grew apart and wanted different things and it's no longer a fit and there's no alignment there and we have allowed each other the opportunity to go get our dreams fulfilled that we couldn't do yeah. together? Like, like, why is it not that? Well, well and, and so when you, when, I mean, I heard you clearly say that, you know, you, it was a mutual, you, you mutually decided to move forward. There wasn't, you know, I'm sure there was some grief and maybe some tears went out, but I mean, yes. it, it could have gotten a whole lot worse. We've seen tons and tons of stories out there of just all terrible things happening through the divorce process. That wasn't your experience. In fact, I hear it was almost as positive as it positive could be. But I think that's a mindset thing. Talk about that. Well, okay. So, I mean, there were reasons for me not to be so amicable. But how does that support the process? Like, I, you have a choice. I had a choice. I could either be committed to making this process peaceful, easy, neutral, short. Or I could have thrown some fire out there. I was wounded. I could have, spit, you know, spit out a little bit of fire, but I know that that doesn't support the process. And I, I wanted the process to get sorted quickly. Um, and so I showed up that way, you know, um, and I maneuvered myself and my mindset, you know, in a way that accommodated that. And I think that other, uh, there's opportunity for other people to do that also. But we get stuck in our interpretation, our negative wounds of, you know, or negative emotions around like jealousy, competition, threats, whatever that is, our wounding of being abandoned and rejected. Like when you're coming from your wounded child, oh yeah, it's not going to go necessarily well. But if you're coming from your inner, your, you know, the wise inner parent within and you're parenting yourself through the whole thing and you're constantly stepping into your leadership, yes. that's a completely different experience. And so I choose to, as often as I possibly can, step into my leadership. Do I show up like a wounded child sometimes? Yes. So I go back and like lick my tears and like take responsibility for that. Yes. But in a process like that, uh, I, it's the same with cancer too. I mean, it's just, I don't think there's much room for wounded child to show up. And if the wounded child is showing up, then that's where you get your team. You go to your team, not to the situation at hand, not the divorce. Right. You go to the right. team and you go there and you have them hold you and you release it so that you can show up again in your higher self. And I, I just, I really, truly 
fundamentally believe that's how operating through life gets you the best, the best of you, the best of life, yeah. the best experience, you know? So yeah. that was my mindset. No, I, and I, I think ideally it, it does. I, I believe it truly starts with your mindset, how you see things, how you view things and how you, you perceive. And, and, I, and I say see things, but really how you perceive things. Because really yeah. when it comes down to, we all come with our own perspective as to what we see a situation to be, but that doesn't mean that's what it is, right? Interpretation <laughs> we, and perspective is everything. Yeah, yeah. So so then, so uh, from your, your, again, your, your perspective and your opinion, you know, uh, what are you seeing uh, as, as as a hindrance for people to uh, have the mindset that allows them to to go achieve the things that they want in life? People get stuck in the past. Okay. So I, I you know, if I, I realize I have a lot of courage. I don't like transitions in life, to be honest with you. I really don't. Transitions are not my favorite thing. I think okay. that's a human being thing. I don't personally, as everyone else, but specifically, I'll just talk about myself. I don't like the unknown necessarily. It's kind of a scary place to be. And yet it's where the magic is. It's where creation is. It's where results are. It's where the life you want is. And we, as humans, you know, when we're perhaps younger, like when I was in my 20s and I didn't have a lot to lose, it's kind of easy to have courage and go for things. You have nothing to really compare it to. You haven't had any major disappointments in life, any major failures. You don't really, you know, have a sense of what that feels like. So you go for it. And then you get to a point, I don't know, 30s, it was in my 40s where you have a lot more. And then going for it just is a lot scarier. There's there's more things to work through. There's more things you could lose. Now you could really be a failure or embarrassed or be judged. Like there's all of that that comes into play. And then I feel like we get stuck there. And so we lose the courage. And when you lose the courage, you lose the spark. Right. And we stop saying yes to ourselves. You know, we get complacent and comfortable uh, because like anybody should be happy with what I have perhaps, you know, and maybe we feel a little guilty for wanting more and we stop playing full out to our edge and we actually just start to retract and contract in my opinion and get unhappy. Mm, that's, that sounds sad. It's sad for me. Yeah. You know, and I, I did live that way for a while um, before I made some major changes in my life. Um, and it is sad. And so I was saying, I don't love transitions, but I am somebody who will force it because I know it's the only way, you know, to get to the end, to go through the other side. And and if you can go through the process um, with a childlike wonder and a, a jolliness and a playfulness and like you're co-creating something with the universe and you you're like manifesting like if you come in it with that energy it, it could be really fun you know and the unknown can be really fun we used to love that as a kid like we used to like we, our imagination used to take us to travel wherever right sure. and there's nothing wrong with that like to have that childlike oh. energy right <laughs> to to maintain that and be that, 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 again, that child within. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Not at I all. actually think that's the most powerful energy there is to play from it. And I feel like as soon as we say yes to ourselves as a human, as soon as we say yes to what our, our inner child really wants, like the desire that's being born, the universe automatically creates, some, that's the spark for the universe to reorganize everything to start to deliver for you. Yes, yes. So you 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 focus um, uh, on high achieving women you mentioned right and 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 helping them um, uh, and get to that better place that we're 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 alluding to. 
Um, I'm assuming there's not just one way of, of doing that. It really, I guess, I mean, one would be, you know, depending on where you're at individually for sure. But I wonder what that, what, what that journey that you take them on, what does that look like? Yeah. I like to call it the reinvention process. Okay. Okay. And we start, I mean, so there, like there is a bit of a process to it and we really start with deconditioning, like unlearning specifically women in my generation, all, like all women, but, um, and I feel like the younger generation has started to do a lot more unlearning. Um, but it's like, what are all the societal messages and the stereotypes and the gender roles that we've been told that we need to conform to, that we actually actually need to unlearn so that we can be fully self-expressed and so that we can like relieve some of the pressure and anxiety that we have as women and so that we can first of all stop disease and stop being scared because you know the more pressure we have the more anxiety we have the more inflammation the body has the more inflammation the body has that's just a lead to so many different mm. yeah so so there's that so we go through that whole we talk about the fears and really start to understand where the fears are coming from and the impact that's had and how you actually how you do it is you walk alongside a fear you just choose your dream like fear doesn't go anywhere. You just either choose fear, or you choose your dream, and you just, you take action towards your fear. You take action towards your dream, and too many of us are taking action towards our fear, and that's why we're not getting what we want. And then it's about visualization. It's about visioning. I feel like a lot of people don't have a strong enough vision to pull them. And then it's about alignment, aligning your thoughts, feelings, actions, behaviors that commit to the vision. So many of us have a vision, and then we don't commit to it. Right. That's like a disjoint. There's like that's disjointed. And then I do a lot of work in and around emotional regulation, self-sabotage, inner child work. Um, and then we do a lot of work around forgiveness, forgiving yourself, forgiving your parents, forgiving like lots of different forgiveness work to create space. And then I work with them and I teach them a collaborative communication model so that they show up as, a, as somebody who's co-creating solutions rather than showing up as somebody who's aggressive, blaming, defensive like that. Right. Um, so yeah, there's quite the process. And because of the work that I've done in the corporate world, I also work with women to help them develop their leadership, their resilience, their emotional intelligence. That's just part of the package. But specifically, how do they lead in a one-on-one -on -one, or how do they lead a team so that they can have their team aligned to their strategic vision? Um, what are their sales skills? How And I help them all with the sales skills and the negotiation and presentations because I feel like those are the essential business skills any human should have. I just don't mm. think we're being taught that in school right. so that we can show up at any table confidently. And for women, it's mostly we don't have the same confidence as men. Mm. So right. that's mostly the way the work, the work looks. Yeah. I, 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 I appreciate the fact that you start with the sort of reinvention, if you will. And then, um, yeah. you know, that's the, one of those transition things that you're not a fan fan of, but you got to go through it anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, and the great thing about it is we're gonna like I reinvented every area of my life, and mm -hmm. it I was lucky to do it in the nick of time to have a baby because that wasn't necessarily a guarantee for me. And I, yes, women are having babies older, but I was 43 years old, and when you take a look at the lifespan of an egg. Like I really did have like hundred year old eggs, you know, I was really a geriatric mother is how I was referred to. And so, um, are people just sitting a little too long and there's time, you're never too old, but we're just sitting a little too long in what we don't, what we're like just comfortable with and the reinvention process. It actually, if you just think about the wording of it, it's just so exciting. Mm. 
you know, we get to reinvent, we get to redo everything. We reclaim your power. We get to recreate your life. Sure. We get to rebuild your life. We get to redo it. Like this area is not working. Let's just redo push, that. Push the reset button. Start that, again, right? That's right. Okay. You, you can. Well, and, and there's so much power in that alone, right? Because yes. you, you think of all the things that have gone through in your life and the experiences and, you know, people say, well, and people, you know, people pointing fingers, reminding you about who you are and, and what you did or what you didn't do or what you didn't achieve or where you ended up. And you don't have to, okay, let's start again then. Yeah. All over again, right? And nothing's and, lost. And, right. And Well, I, I, I truly believe you, you, you push the button. You actually have the opportunity to be better than you were. Because not yes. only are you pushing a button to reset in your life, you now have all this wealth of experiences, which still stays with you. The lessons that you've gone through, the learnings that you've taken, they still stay with you. And you just have an opportunity to bring them with you on this new journey. Yeah, you know, and I like to say it like it's like stepping into the next version of you, you know, the version of you, it's almost like it's Einstein's quote that I'm just going to rephrase a little bit. It's like the version of you that got you where you are today is not the version of you that's going to take you through the finish line. It's also all about whether or not you're going to let that version be birthed. And I feel like when you ask me the question is like, why are people like, where do we get stopped? How do we get stuck? It's like, like I burned myself pretty bad. I don't know if you can see it. Like there was like this hole in my thumb. It's like such okay. a good analogy. And so it's like new skin, right? And the new skin is like, it's vulnerable. And it's a little bit like, you know, so when we're birthing this new version of ourselves, it's almost like a deer just being birthed and is weak on their yeah. legs. It feels wobbly. Yeah. It feels vulnerable. It feels unfamiliar. And we don't like that. So we retract back to the old version of ourselves because we know how that one goes. But this new version has the answers. It's yeah. just you'll you can you trust that that new version of you knows what they're doing? Can you give it a little time and space for her or him to find the footing? Because she or he will. It's right. just going to take a minute. And can you just be wobbly for a little bit? Take one right. step and then one step and then one step and then a whole new life. But we get scared of that vulnerability yes. because it doesn't have the same defenses and we're not so like you know armored up that we run from it and that's that's the piece i feel like we really need to start talking about more because if more people understood that that is just how it is for all of us <laughs> and you don't have to do it alone have someone hold your hand the, you'll you'll get what you want right no i love it i love it the 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 wobbly deer example, you know, little Bambi coming, you know, I, I get you loud and clear and it make it makes so much sense. You know, we, we, we oftentimes we want to put pressure on ourselves for not mastering something out the gate. Right. And, and who does that? Not that it's impossible, but that's just not the reality and norm for most people. Yeah. That, and, the, and it's not a bad thing. And it's not a bad thing. And it's like what she said is like that new Bambi is reprogrammed in a completely different way. That new Bambi has all the wisdom, like you said, and all the learnings. She, you know, she just needs or he just needs a couple of minutes to get it together. You know, like just just a, like just a minute, <laughs> just like 20 seconds of courage and not liquid courage, real courage. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad you, you talked about uh, courage because um oftentimes that's the missing ingredient, right? Sometimes yes. we know what needs to be done. We can visualize it. We can see it. Yeah. We're just like, ah, there's yeah. still that. Ugh, and we don't yeah. take that step. The leap of faith. Yeah. And this is where that saying, you know, it's interesting. We have these conversations because like life just gets deeper when we have these types of conversations. It's like, that's where you, 
you know, you stand on the shoulders of giants until you can fly, you know, and that's actually what a mentor is for. It's like you have somebody who's gone through it, understands yep. it, sees the vision, sees the path, can get yep. you there. Why not hold someone's hand through it? And, yep. and 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 why not have it be fun? I mean, like it's a soulmate connection, actually, in my opinion, you know, right. and it could be just like the greatest ride of your life. Well, well, the funny thing is, if you really think about it, all the hard work has been done. Like the like you think yeah. it's not like we're living in caves, right? Like I mean, you think about that <laughs> yeah. battling right. dinosaurs or like, hunting for our existence, all that kind of stuff. That's yeah. not what our life is. So all the hard work has been done. And so when you talk about standing on the shoulders of giants, I absolutely agree with you. It's just a matter of sort of recognizing, and that's why I very much believe in 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 and in, in when you take action, you look to take action whenever you can. Because you actually create some momentum in your life, right? And exactly. And, and when you and so if you take that first step, regardless if you pass or you fail, right? You take that first step anyways. Because really, really, the only two options are pass or fail, right? So let's let's talk about that. You pass, yes. you're successful, great. But if you fail, there's a lesson you learn that's going to help you for the next time, right? So it's just a matter of understanding that you know things happen to us in the various moments. Is what we do with them when when, when those situations arise. Yeah, interpretation is everything. And I love how you said that. Like, I have reframed failure from a long time ago. I went bankrupt when I was like 27 years old or something like that. It was probably my first big failure of that type. Right, right. And I learned to recontextualize it to it's not failure. It's like, it's one, it's not a fit. Like, it's either like it could just not be a fit. Or like you said, it's, it's, an, you can learn some things and it's an opportunity to see where you need to ask for help and gain support and learn some new things. You know, and so if we can just look at it as a developmental opportunity rather than a failure, I think that just shifts the game for everyone. I mean, like every time an athlete doesn't doesn't get their goal or score, like is that failure for them? Right. 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 <laughs> I mean, because they're the best failures out there. You know, I I, I remember um, uh, uh, a basketball guy, and there was a, it was a, a basketball player who um, his team had just um, lost in the playoffs. Mm. And um, and a reporter asked a particular player, you know, was this a failure? Was this whole season a failure? And he's like, absolutely not. Like, you know, yeah. we 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 if we we had so much success collectively as a team, we achieved so much, we did so much, and yeah, sure, the ultimate goal wasn't realized, but that it's not like throwing a baby out with the bathwater. Like you right. still take from what we did. There were lots of positives that you can now build on to help you get one step close to that ultimate goal. Yeah, it's a journey. And there again, it's like another thing that gets said, it's about the journey and the process, not the end destination. And then what if they did win that? So then what, like what does yeah. next year look like, right? right. Like, so right. yeah, no, it's important. And it's important to celebrate all the successes along the way, because like that energy also creates a spark in the universe. It's like momentum, like you were saying. And I loved what you were saying about creating momentum because when you take when you have courage to take a step to create momentum, that's like a completely different energy also. And the universe responds to all that. Yeah. yeah. And you get rewarded for that. Cur yes. I believe courage is rewarded. I really yep. believe that. Yep. Yep. I, I, you know, I, I look at my personal life and, you know, every time uh, I've taken a step forward into something, whether I, I had the answer or not, uh, something positive came out of it. Right. Even right. if I, in that moment, failed, in that moment, didn't get what I was after, in that in that moment, I didn't have that success. Um, I still took a step forward. I remember hearing a a story 
uh, but a young man was just looking for he was he was he was job hunting. He was looking for work, and he, he probably went to like a dozen interviews, and um, uh, and you know they were all successful. And he went every single interview. He went and got feedback. Right, tell me where I could have done better, and he collect that feedback. Mm-hmm. And every time he used that to get better and to get better. And um, he had an information. He set up an information interview with this director of this organization, and uh, they, they they didn't have anything to offer him. But he, you know, the, the the director said, "Hey, I'll sit down and chat with you." And so when he told him, "Yeah, I've had a dozen interviews," the director said, "I don't know if I could have done that. I don't know if I, I don't know if I could have been." gone through 12 interviews and been rejected that many times Ugh. and keep going with that same level of energy and, and, and enthusiasm that you have. And I think that says a lot about our why, how, why it's so important that we continue to, to push forward, right? Because yeah. you, 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 again, you create momentum for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, but you're also building your, your 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 character. You're building your strength. You're building your fortitude. Where it's almost like you hear a no, and you're like, yeah, whatever, I'm good. Like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't phase you. It doesn't slow you down. So that's why we need to develop our courage to move forward because we're only going to fortify ourselves in the long run. Well, yeah. I also think what's being said when you say that, like the other thing that I'm hearing is, um, I lost my track train of thought. Sorry someone out in the hallway and they distract they, they can hear them they distract me mm-hmm. um, oh well it's about not being attached to the results ah, so that's like circumstantial power like i'm only strong i'm only happy i'm only powerful i only produce when the result is there okay well that means you have attached your worthy there it is you attached your worthiness to the result and that's not what it's about it's, it's you are born worthy that you are worthy, you have everything that, you know, all of that should be independent of the result. And the people that know that and live that way and, and, and express themselves that way, I feel are the ones that become the most successful because they haven't let all of those notes, like, you know, how many of the Arnold Schwarzeneggers and Sylvester Stallone's, like all of them, right? Michael Jordan, like all of them, right? You know, like they all, all of it, right? So it's about... And I think that that's a piece a lot of human beings don't get trained or taught in. I use that word train and develop a lot because I was in training and development in the corporate world. So it's just the way I use the language. But mm-hmm. it's like we don't get taught that that who we are as humans is independent of our results. And we are worthy as love and affection and and our self-esteem or self-respect or self-confidence should not be depleted. And we can sit at the table of anyone who has any results just because of who we are. And we're a contribution based on us us not based on the results we produce it took me a while to get that for myself to be honest and, and that's okay and that's the best part about that is that's completely fine like yeah. however however long it takes us to get on this path that's how long it takes us and yeah. that's when we we're supposed to do it and we're here now right that's what right. matters and so um really much appreciate uh, hearing so this has been a, such a great chat. I thank you for taking the time and, and, and hanging out like this. This has just been phenomenal, phenomenal. I love the work uh, that you're doing now uh, to 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 help w- women specifically get to that better place and uh, using your own experiences and and overcoming the challenges that you just glossed over really quickly, which I thought was impressive. Uh, but uh, thank you uh, for doing that. Uh, for, for, for listeners that wanted to connect with you or, or learn more about your work, where can we send them? There's two places. Um, my email, S is in Sam, D is in David at sophietalks.com. That's S-O-P-H-I-E-T-A-L-K-S.com. 
sd at sophietalks.com. And then my Instagram is probably the best. It's at, at the Sophie Delorier. So T-H-E-S-O-P-H-I-E-D-E-S-L-A-U-R-I-E-R-S. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will, Thank you. I, I will, we will be sure to make sure that uh, uh, we include that information in our show notes for our listeners. Thank you uh, again uh, for being here. It was such, such a pleasure chatting with you. And uh, congratulations on all that you've done and, and all the best, Sophie. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure for me too. Have a good day. Back, we are here on the podcast. As much thanks and appreciation goes out to Sophie for being here. I really, again, thank you so, so much for sharing. You know, from the conversation with Sophie, we learned the importance of, of reframing failure as, as a learning opportunity and not being a, a being unattached to the results. Uh, just like in the game of chess, each move, whether successful or not, teaches us valuable lessons and contributes to our growth and development. It's through the process of courageously taking steps forward, despite obstacles and setbacks, that we evolve into our best and most audacious selves. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Audacious Living Podcast. Remember, life is a journey of audacity and growth. And with each audacious decision that you make, you step closer to living the life of your dreams. Stay courageous, keep pushing forward, and never never underestimate the power of your resilience. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.